You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com Shop. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Uh, Brian, let's take another swing at that dead horse before we go anywhere else. Uh, Max Scherzer is still not signed. The Yankees are still the Yankees. Can you give us a different answer, a same, different version of the same answer as to whether there's any likelihood that there's a fit between now and when spring training starts? Well, I can tell you that I refuse to close the door on it just because the Yankees are who they are. They have the financial resources that if they wanted to do it, they could. But everything you hear coming out of the Bronx is that they are not going to do it. Uh, Brian Cashman and Randy Levine, the team president, have both gone on the record and said Scherzer is not a likely landing spot for the Yankees. And Hal Steinbrenner backed that up at the owners' conference this week he didn't completely say no. He basically said, you know, the winter's not over yet and we'll see what happens. But if you connect the dots here, the Yankees' payroll is probably going to be somewhere around $210 million, and that's even before you would put Scherzer in there. They're giving huge commitments already in the rotation to CeCe Sabathia and Masahiro Tanaka. Can they really add another 25 to $30 million pitcher per year to that rotation? Uh, I do I think there's a lot of fans out there who would say, sure, why not? But, uh, but Hal Steinbrenner has said that a team should not have to have a $200 million payroll to be competitive. They're already over that. Everything, all the smoke signals are saying they're not in. You know, we'll see. When he's actually at a podium wearing somebody else's hat, I'll believe it. But uh, if you ask anybody with the Yankees, Scherzer's not coming to the Bronx. If they were to make any more roster adjustments between now and when camp opens, what do you think it would most likely be? Well, I, I think the rotation is, is one area where I would see them upgrading. Uh, they've obviously done a lot of work to revamp that bullpen. Uh, when you look at the rotation, you say there's question marks all throughout that. Uh, you know, Who knows if Tanaka, one pitch in spring training, could blow it out. Who knows what Sabathia is going to be coming back from his knee clean out. You know, Michael Pineda was great when he was on the mound, but that was only half the season. Uh, Evaldi's not a finished product, and Chris Capuano is a journeyman. So, you know, I've just gone now one through five, and I think we pick up. It's hard to say any one of those guys is going to go out and be a dominant, absolute, 100% surefire force in that rotation. So uh, I think that at this point in the offseason, though, if they're not going to go after a guy like Scherzer or James Shields, which, again, all indications are that they're not, uh, you're looking at kind of that second tier of guys out there, and, and none of those guys are really going to knock your socks off. So uh, I, I think that that's why you hear so much speculation, certainly not within the organization but outside of it, of you know when are they going to get involved in Scherzer, when are they going to go after Shields, because uh, you had one of those guys that rotation, it would look a whole lot more formidable. Some news the Yankees did make this week, um, seemingly one of the most closely followed coaching announcements in a long time. They hired Jeff Pentland to be their hitting coach and did a couple other adjustments to their coaching staff um, without making too much of guys who don't actually play. Uh, what do you think it, it indicates the choices they made on their coaching staff? Well, I think that Penland comes with a track record. You know, he's been around this game now for 
over four decades. Uh, he's been bouncing around. He's been a hitting coach in many different places. He even worked with Carlos Beltran in Kansas City, so he's got a prior relationship there. But uh, he was Girardi's hitting coach, Joe Girardi, when Girardi was a player with the Cubs. Uh, he's also been on coaching staffs with Larry Rothschild and Tony Pena in the past. So uh, it, it seems to be a good fit. You know, I, who can tell for sure what the impact of a hitting coach is going to be? And obviously now he's got a lot of relationship building to do with with everybody pretty much other than Carlos Beltran on that staff. But, you know, that's what spring training's for. That you get that four or five weeks to build a relationship. And really the, the most important thing that Tentman needs to do is get the trust of players. Uh, you can't overwhelm them. You can't try and overhaul everything. Look, these guys, they're professional athletes. They're here for a reason. They've hit for a long time very successfully. So, so really, you, you just want to be that extra set of eyes. You want to be that trusted voice in a guy's ear that says, hey, you know, don't tap your toe, or hey, you know, pick that elbow up, or, you know, stride into the ball a little bit. You know, it's these gentle reminders that you want to give to a player, and, uh, you know, hopefully the players would be receptive to that. I, I would think that Pentland's been successful uh, pretty much everywhere he's gone, so I wouldn't expect that to not be the case. They also added uh, a, a position that's become more and more popular over the last several years, an assistant hitting coach. What was the, the reasoning there? Yeah, it seemed like everybody who the Yankees interviewed, according to Brian Cashman, came in and said, this job is just too big for, for one guy to handle. And it's not just the Yankees. I mean, assistant hitting coaches, I think 21 other teams are currently using them around the majors. So it's, it's more of a recent trend, but it's not, the, it's not a rare thing anymore. Uh, you know, it, it gives an extra guy to, to be around. You know, if, if one hitting coach is on the field in the cage, there's other players downstairs in the batting tunnel who need attention and, and, Obviously, Kevin Long was a hitting coach, and he was a tireless worker. He was, I mean, his nickname was Cage Rat, but you can't be in two places at once. So, really, that it helps take some of the stress off. There's also in-game preparation, you know, a lot of going over pitchers, a lot of going over video, trying to break down sequences, preparing for upcoming games. Uh, that's a lot of work for one guy to handle all the time. I mean, it is a full-time job. And, you know, Pentley was saying once this job starts and when he gets down to spring training, it doesn't stop until – last out of the season, and then they go right into the off season. So uh, it really is a 24 hours a day thing, and if you have two eyes there, it's, it's two guys there, it's, it's better than having one. Right. Now for the guys, as for the guys actually on the field, I think we talked about this a little last week, but with Stephen Drew coming on board, is he the second baseman, or is that still something of, a, of an open situation? I, I think on paper right now you look at him as the second baseman, but, you know, on a one-year, $5 million contract, the Yankees don't absolutely have to be locked into that. They can still go into spring training, look at Rob Refsnyder, Jose Perella, give those guys a chance to show what they can do. Uh, Drew could fit in a lot of different places for the Yankees. If he's not the starting second baseman, I, he might be the shortstop. I, assuming something happened to D.D. Gregorius, he could be a backup at shortstop. I don't see any reason why Drew couldn't play third. Uh, obviously, they have Chase Headley there. I'm talking more in a backup role, but... I think that they're going to give Drew every chance to be the opening day second baseman, but they don't absolutely have to. You know, they started the year last year with Brian Roberts. I feel like I keep going back to that one. They knew that Roberts wasn't ultimately their final ideal fit, but they hung on to him as long as they could. And once they found an upgrade, they, they pulled that off, and that wound up being Drew. So I, I think at $5 million, it's, it's an insurance policy. It, it gives them a guy who's done it in the big leagues, a proven veteran, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that Stephen Drew is absolutely going to play 150 games second base for the Yankees because you just don't know that. Is he cheap enough that 
maybe to some extent he's he's a, a placeholder for one of the kids to get ready at midseason? I, I think if one of those guys, if Ref Snyder or Perella is tearing the cover off the ball, and especially if Stephen Drew has another year like he did last year, I mean, the Yankees don't think that that's going to be the case. They think he can bounce back to the way he was in 2013 when he was starting shortstop on a Red Sox team that won it all. Uh, but they think that with a full off season and a regular spring training, he should be able to get back to that form. But in theory, if he didn't, uh, $5 million, the Yankees can eat that money. Uh, that, that is not an exorbitant amount of money where you are locked into that guy in a one-year contract. Um, you know, you cut, you cut ties and say thanks very much and be on your way. Uh, but I think a big factor of that is, are Ress Snyder and Perella the real deal? Or are, can they come to the big leagues and, and be impact players? You saw Perella a little bit in September. Uh, Ress Snyder hasn't gotten there yet, but everybody believes he should be able to hit the big league level. Uh, we'll see. I think that, again, they're going to have a lot of at-bats in spring training to show what they can do, and if they make an impression, uh, they should be all the better for that. One area we haven't talked much about this winter because it's one of the few things about this club that has been basically set is the outfield. Is is there anything maybe not obvious that, about that situation, or is that as sort of set and kind of cut and dried as it looks like? Yeah, I feel like that was the one area where you went into the offseason and you knew what was going to be happening, especially, look, if Carlos Beltran comes back and is healthy and has that elbow surgery, he already had the surgery, if he comes back from it without any issues and is able to be what he was in St. Louis, uh, the Yankees are in pretty good shape. That's almost like picking up a new player here. Uh, you know, you have Brett Gardner. I don't think anybody complained about what Brett Gardner did last year in left field. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury in center field, he was actually one of the free agent signings who lived up to everything that you would have wanted. Uh, I think that he gave the Yankees exactly what you would have hoped for last year, and obviously they hope that there's more of that to come in the future. And then they moved pretty quickly and brought back Chris Young. I know that Chris Young didn't uh, – have the greatest time over in Queens, but he got hot at the right time in September, showed he could do it. Um, maybe this is a better fit for him across town. So you see he's the fourth outfielder, and he can play all three outfield positions. And, uh, you know, as Ichiro Suzuki learned over the last couple of years, you can go into camp as a backup outfielder and wind up getting a ton of at-bats. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think from left to right, especially Beltran's a big key, if Beltran comes back and is the real Carlos Beltran and not that guy who was wearing his uniform last year, uh, the Yankees should add a impact player to the middle of the lineup, and they'll certainly put up more runs than they did last year. All right. Well, Brian Hoke, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Visit the official online shop of Major League Baseball at MLB.com shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source. The MLB.com shop.